Roger. Yeah, I think it's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. It's me, Kevin Tiphorn, also known as Jason Pepperhouse, also known as Mr. Makeham Brown. Here, the guy who's speaking, whose name it is said to known as him be that this guy, me, Johnny Pemberton. Welcome to Live to Tape, also known as the Executive Buffet, also known as Hands on the Branch, but even better known as Daddy's Big Red Truck, or Daddy and his Big Red truck like i just said drives around the parking lots of america taking people to buffets that are for executives only and if you're wondering who those them they are you are them that which i just said you're an executive welcome today's podcast which is not just today's podcast this will live on for many who knows you know might cross the veil this podcast is an excellent, wonderful podcast. My guest is a repeat guest. He's been on here before, but this is this is a real blowing out of the water moment here. You know him as a, uh, a professional chef and a writer. All kinds of stuff. His name is Maddie Matheson. He's the pride of Canada. And he reached across the uh, international dateline to talk to me. For the second time, it was outstanding. You're going to love this podcast. Also, you should know to check out uh, Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash justmynipples. <laughs> it's not dot anything. It's twitch.tv slash justmynipples. I'm streaming on Twitch, my God, maybe three or four times a week these days. It's free to follow, so you should check it out. We're having a great time. It's the only, the only thing, I talk about this all the time, it's the only thing so far in this uh, terrible current state of reality that we are, you know, it's been thrust upon us. For me, it's the only thing I really have found some serious enjoyment with. So come, come enjoy with me. It's twitch.tv slash justmynipples. Sign up. It's fun. Also, if you want to get more stuff from the podcast, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. Come check it out. We have a great time there, too. Otherwise, rate, review, and subscribe. Until then, please enjoy this amazing conversation I had with just one of my favorite people of all time. Oh. I'm just remembering something we learned about each other, like in the last five minutes of the podcast. It's just, it's just great. Here he is. We are cool. 
took actually it almost took a few minutes actually. A couple minutes. Like uh, seven minutes, not bad. Seven minutes to set up a Chrome, set up some Zencast. Uh, <laughs> I've seen people bail, you know, after trying stuff for like twenty minutes. So you're better than most. What? 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 Thank you. That's Jacqueline King, perfect human. Thank you, Jack. Wonderful Australian. It's always good to have an Australian around, right? The, uh, Australia is the deadliest place, and and it also just creates beautiful people. You know, very. It is my. Oh, I love Australia. It's probably my my favorite places that exist in the world. I feel like. Yeah, I've uh, I love Australia as well. I've been there many times, yeah, and I'm I'm missing going. Yeah, well, I was supposed to be there last summer. I don't know if I'm going to get to go this summer even. Mm. Who knows? Well, that okay. summer like this winter. You mean like this winter? Yeah, well, their winter, our summer, yeah. Yes. I'm supposed to be going in July, and I'm supposed to go maybe again in July. But who knows? It might not happen again. Do you do the comedy down there? Yeah. Do Australian com- The Australian comedy audiences are the best audiences in the entire world. Mm. They're like the most friendly people. They're all like good time Charlies, you know what I mean? Yes. But it's, it's like, I have to think the food must be similar. It must be a similar thing there. I don't know. The food is incredible. I think the food is like, it, it's crazy because it's like the food is, they have um, the best produce, the best seafood. They have, yeah. their chefs are incredible, um, you know. Sid, all of it, like every every place I like, there's kind of like only like six cities, but it's like yeah. you know, it's amazing because you could do the whole country in like a week, kind of thing. You just like do do a night in Sydney, do a night in Melbourne, a night in Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth. That's what I did, pretty much. Get out, Darwin. Darwin Have you been to Darwin? I don't think I've been to Darwin. Where is that? Darwin's on the north, so it's like that. That it's up, way up. So it's a place no one goes to. Nobody goes. Nobody goes to Darwin. Darwin. It's like it, 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 it's, it's like Crocodile Dundee's from like the middle, and then and okay. Darwin's way up at the top. Very tropical there. That's oh really? Yeah, it's very tropical. Like I went there once, and we um, I did a whole episode up there, and it was like it was wild. Like we went out to a bill. We took we flew out on helicopters to like a, a real billabong to go fishing wow. for Bear Bear Monday, and. Oh, it was so it was, like we flew all the way out there, and it was so beautiful. And there's like wild horses running. It was like a scene out of a movie. Like it was literally yeah. like we're flying over a you know the outback, and then it turns into like water. I don't even know what it's called, but it's just like it's beautiful. And Bill Gibson shows up. Yeah, he's like, "What's up, Mad Max? You like it?" Then he gets hammered, yeah. punches your your like friend in the face, and that's it. <laughs> and apologizes, and you're like, "Oh, you're only five six. How did you do that? <laughs> how'd you how'd you hit me so hard?" How'd you hit me so hard? You have hairy knuckles. Yeah. You're hairy knuckles. I don't. I need to get some hair on my knuckles. I don't really have any. I always burn mine off. Mine always get burnt. I bet you do. Mine burnt. That, that must be a thing, right? Because if you're, you're cooking so much that you must have no hair in your hands because of that, right? Most of the time, like when I was like professionally cooking, like when I actually mm-hmm. like cooked every day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have a lot of hair on your hands. That's what I was going to ask you about. So I started reading your cookbook the other day, mm. and I have it in the background here. I you. like that. It's very <laughs> nice of you. It's very, it's very sweet of you. It's very nice of you. It's uh, the cookbook thoughtful. is called Home Style Cookery. It's by Maddie Matheson. It's called Home Style Cookery. Maddie, let's talk about this book. There's some interesting instructions on here where you say to hold your hand over a hot grill for two seconds. If you can't hold it for longer than that, it's not hot enough. 
I don't know. I think you're setting up people to get burned here. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I want you to burn. If you can burn yourself, it's good enough to cook. If you don't burn yourself, it's not going to burn the meat, which means it's not going to cook the meat properly on grilling technique. So I really do love this cookbook. I uh, started reading some of it last night and I had to like get up to make myself something to eat because I got so hungry. That'll happen. You know, books are the original Instagram. So it's just like yeah. you just you just doom scroll a book for a while and 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 just, you know, it makes you hungry. It influences you to eat. It influences you to cook. It influences it controls you. It's it's pretty much yeah. a, a book of spells, culinary spells. It is very much spell. I never never thought about it. I'm sure you think about that all the time. The thing that was really interesting to me interesting to me about this book is how you in the intro you apologize for your previous cookbook. <laughs> very Canadian and of me. It's very Canadian never, of me. Yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> about my previous best-selling book uh, because, you know, maybe 30 or, tw- or 25 people complained about the instructions. And then I'm reading here and some of the – I can't remember which recipe it was where you talk about starting the charcoal grill. I've never seen such explicit instructions for how to start charcoal. But I'm also like, it's kind of great. You, you mentioned like – um. Like put the lighter fluid on there. Like you just it's so explicit. Put the lighter fluid on. You know, if you don't say it, if you don't say it, maybe people don't put it on there. You know. Can you remember which recipe that was that had that? It was so explicit. I just loved it. I have no fucking idea. I, I it's but, like it's so funny because a lot of people, even when I was shooting like homestyle cookery, like all the promotional right? videos, like I I was like kind of trolling my book. I'd read I'd read the head notes. And then I'd kind of just like read through the recipe and be like, this is so stupid. I'm just going to cook this recipe. Uh, right. And and a lot of people were like, see, he doesn't even write his own books. So I'm like, well, I, I wrote the book a year and a half ago. And, right. and and I'm like, do you memorize? Do you remember, do you memorize the work you did a year and a half ago? Like, could you, could you Hopefully still, not. a script? Like, could you, you know, like people are so ridiculous with what the, their expectations of somebody are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there really, there really is a thing that happens a lot where people call stuff out for like no reason whatsoever. But it also, it seems like it's just such a minority of people. But all it takes is like a, just a few people to get a bug in your head. Where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I know how to cook. Yeah, I do know. Or, or do you have people that come up to you and like literally just say something so random that they think that they're going to connect to you? They're really this is their moment to say the most random thing from some fucking movie or some TV show. Something that they mm-hmm. think that you're going to be like, man, you got that character. Me and you were going to go get a coffee together. You know, like I've it's. Had, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I've had it sometimes. It's probably more with you because it's like there's so much. Like the this is so much, like uh, text and stuff. I think with uh, with my acting and stuff, it's more like a, a catchphrase I'll recognize. I did have recently someone. I was streaming on Twitch and someone said a word. I was like, Wait, "What is that word? I recognize that word." Like. It's from one of your jokes on one of your albums. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's, it's the punchline of a joke. And I was like, ah, that word is so cool. What word is that? <laughs> I've heard that word. Shando, Shando Calibre. I recognize that word. Shando Calibre. Is that? is that someone's name? Yeah. Like, no, it's your. It's the word you say like in character like 12 times. But I just haven't said it in so long. I totally forgot it. But I like that. Or do you? Isn't it? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, do you ask me do. I just wanted to ask because I love when this happens when people do impersonations of yourself to you. 
Like, oh, I don't have that. No, you've never. I'm sure you get that. I don't think I'm. I do, I do play so many characters and stuff. I think people will do impressions of the characters I play. That's what I mean. But, That's like it, yeah. it, it's like they'll come up and they'll they'll say. You know, they'll do something like a lot of people just come up and will yell Michelle because it's like just a dash. I'm always yelling like Michelle and right. people will come up and just yell Michelle to me. I'm just like, OK, do you want <laughs> oh my God. am I playing Michelle? Should I like be Michelle in this situation or like what what's happening here? I think you have it worse because you have you're just more recognizable than me in terms of like, you know, I can kind of people can kind of think I'm who they think I am. But I'd be like, no, it's not. Yeah, but with Maddie, with you, it's like, oh, that's Maddie. Yeah, if it isn't, I'm in trouble because I'm about to piss off this guy who's who looks kind of tough. Imagine if I had like a deep voice. Imagine if I had like yeah. a. That's the whole thing. The just that, why my whole thing works is because I have a voice of like a, a scratchy, like a like a ten year old. You know, my voice You're like Tyson, like, man. Yeah. I have the voice. It's like my, so instead of fighting, you get into the cooking arena because I feel like you you approach you're pretty aggressive with your cooking. Like you're like a, you're so gung ho with everything. That story you told me about like st- keeping your foot in a bucket of ice water for hours while oh. you're cooking. Yeah, like, yeah, that's real. But that's like, a, where does that come from? You feel like where does that where does your like mentality of being so, um, you know, what I mean, because I feel like. People like that, like yourself, and other people like that. It's like they have like a chip on their shoulder about something, so they're like, you know. Well, I think uh, I don't know. Not, not in a bad way. In a no, good way. I think in a good way. I, I think I think honestly, like when I burnt my foot and I continued to like but, work and keep my foot in an ice bucket all day when I had like third degree burns on, covering like you know my entire foot, it was more about like I was I was the chef at that moment, you know, and and um. And I had to work like Grand Marger that night. So it was just like a matter of like being like, I can deal with this pain. So therefore mm-hmm. I can continue to work because I can deal with this pain. And I kept my, you know, scalded burnt foot from boiling water in an ice bucket, all service and a little hotel yeah. pan. And, uh, you know, went to the hospital after, but I think it's just a matter of like, um, you know, I, I, I'm not an overreact. Like the thing about everything is like my character is always like, ah, oh, ah, ee, ah, ah, ah. Right. but in like real life, I'm very like in those situations, I'm extremely calm. And right. like, if I ever cut, like I've cut, like, you know, all my, well, you know, kitchen injuries, you know, like a lot of kitchen guys are this bird, this, uh, like, it's a very like, you know, pirate stupid, like this was the war nine in 97, I was cut and I was julienning some carrots and I cut my finger off and it's just like, okay. And it's just like one of those, it's just a pissing contest really at some point. Yeah. But I think, I think it very much is Uh a thing where I don't want to like let my team down or I don't want to, uh, once Mm -hmm. again, it's like if I needed to go where I should have gone, but I was like, I was mentally, I was just like, I can deal with this. I need to stay here. I need to work. Cause the whole thing was, I had to work Garmanger that night cause our Garmanger was sick. So it was just like, I had to actually play a position. Yeah. I wasn't just, like, you know, being a chef, like walking around the restaurant with a burnt foot. I was like, I had to actually work a station that night. So it was just like, but I, I honestly, it's just like being, um, you know, overreacting. Is what basically yeah. Is that, right. Yeah, it's just like you feel responsibility because that's what I was going to ask you about. Because I um, like I do a little bit of cooking, but when I do do cooking, it's like it's all I can think about. Like if I'm making my gumbo, 
I can't talk to anybody. I can't, I can't do anything else. But I was, I was, uh, was, I don't know, a few months ago, like seven, seven months ago, my friend Katow, he's this brilliant director, but he's also a great, you know, great, uh, casual chef. But I watched him, watching him cooking and he's like, you know, he can talk to me while he's working. I'm like, Oh, you're like a real, you're like a real cook. You know, you can actually like <laughs> interact. You know, to, yeah. Like you can think about other stuff. With me, I'm like, I can't think about anything else because I'm so concerned about everything. You're like, I got to cut this on Dewey sausage perfectly. You know? Yeah, I'm just get so involved in it. And I was, and that to me is like, that to me is like the real mark of uh, someone who is, does that a lot is because if, you know, if you don't get, because cons- I get so consumed by cooking because I'm like, I want, I, this has to be, if this is bad. It's a lot of like, time. I'm gonna, yeah, there's so money. much. It's a lot of time. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, you said time and money. I'm just more like I don't want to serve something that someone just like this is not good. I would be like <laughs> I would be broken, you know. Yeah. And so that's like you have such a responsibility as a chef. It's like so much fucking because it's not like comedy or something. Where comedy, it's like everybody bombs. You know, everyone has like bad set. It's kind of like you can kind of deal with it. It's like something where. I don't know. It seems to me like it's such a heavy burden. It makes sense why so many chefs are just like have to cope with um, booze and drugs and stuff, you know? Yeah, but I think that kind of pressure is put on. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, I agree with you. Like in a sense of like a lot of people take so much time and consideration and money and restaurants specifically. There's such low margins. So it's just like it's it's just like comes down to such. Uh, such anxiety filled thing where it's like mistakes shouldn't happen. And then like you're taking a piece of bread, uh, you know, making croutons, like just burning croutons from this bread, that baker, it took that baker like two days to make that bread. And then you take it, cut it up, put it into the oven and forget about it and burn it. Then it's (laughs) like, you're an asshole, but but it's still like, you're not an asshole. You just made a mistake. And it's just like all this, like, like, I think that's what people are really, especially now, we're really seeing, like, what's really important with just anything during this pandemic and all this kind of shit is just, like, you know, we, I think we need to, like, make, like, it's making things more precious, like, time, like, spending time with people, uh, eating, um, you know, just taking the time to cook things. And, you know, I think, I think mistakes should happen. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not perfect. And it's just like, and I think mistakes can happen and you can still have a great meal. And I think, or dishes mm-hmm. at home, like, dude, at home, I, 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 I over season or under season or like, I make add too much acid sometimes, you know, like sometimes I'll add just too much vinegar if I'm making, cause I'm like, I love, um, you know, uh, Vinegar. I love vinegar. I love, yeah, Yeah, I I love vinegar. Like in soups, like I love like broths or like, you know, I add too much lime or lemon or something like that. And it's just like, you know, it it is what it is. We're human, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I love about this book, man. It's just such like uh, the recipes in there are so great for, I mean, what a great time to have a cookbook like this. Well, thank you. Like some of the stuff, I have this reaction sometimes. I don't know if you ever experienced this, but. I mean, I guess I have two questions about this. One, when you ever see something that's like really good, are you just inclined to be like, fuck you? Because it's like you just can't handle it. You know what I mean? Like you see, like when I saw this fucking grilled sardine sandwich, I was like, Ooh. fuck you, Maddie. Yeah. You fucking piece of shit. It's yeah. like, it's so, fuck me. Fuck it makes me, me angry because yeah. it seems so, yeah. I just like can't believe how good it, 
it seems. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think when I see something that I'm like, whoa, like that's fucking sick. And if I've, I'm following all these chefs on Instagram or even people, right. and it's just like, you know, Josh in like Australia is doing this really amazing stuff with fish. And you look at him and you're like, man, he can butcher fish better than anybody. And then like the other right. day I go to like a shitty, you know, like a, a, a major, cause I live in a small town. So there's not really like, I can't go get good fish. There's not like a fishmonger. Mm-hmm. I have to buy fish at like the local grocery store. So I, 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 there's like a, a, um, a cling wrap wrapped like whole trout. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a whole fish and I'm like, I'm going to like, I, I want to scale it. I want to scale it just using my knife instead of like forking it or using a scaler. I'm going to like do it like this really kind of like really fancy way of scaling and like be really delicate with it. And I get this fish and I do pretty well. And it's just like a funny thing where it's just like, it doesn't really, you don't need the best ingredients or like you can just yeah. still have fun, but you do like, I get, I, I get more like, man, that guy's really, I get more like stoked actually then more okay. like mad because i'm just like i'll be like wow i need to like work harder or like you know like wow i need to be like like it's the same kind of like with cooking it's just like that's kind of like my craft so it's just like i think when i see somebody make like a crazy you know pate on crew and they have it layered and the pastry looks fire and everything about it is like really just well done mm-hmm. and the time was taken with it and it just makes like I just feel like I'm like man I need to learn more patience and I need to learn how to like do things okay. you know I think that's kind yeah of- that makes sense from your perspective I guess what I I think about is like it just it doesn't make me angry angry it just I'm just like yeah, get fuck, out of here yeah fuck you get that beat out it, of here beat I can't it. stand that yeah beat it the other thing I was gonna ask you is like could you have like um uh when you when you have something that's really great like there's like obviously like an emotional response that happens with food. There's something that like, uh, you know, I've had a couple of times where I've, I've, I've been moved to the point of tears. Something is just so good. Mm. Just combination of different, different elements. But I've had like this thing where I'm just like overwhelmed by the, the, the experience I'm having. Do, do you like, do you have like a, a any memories of uh, maybe like the, the most recent time that's happened with you and what it was? You really felt overwhelmed with emotion because of something you ate or prepared or had served to you? That's a great question, Johnny. Um, I think, um, you know, I think that just brings me to like the garden and like, and just like grow, like starting like our garden this year and like eating vegetables that we grew and like eating just sun warm, like coming from a place that's seasonal, like Canada, like right. you guys in California, I would say California is like the white privilege of vegetables because it's just it is kind of like you don't even understand. You're like, oh, what? You don't have perfect persimmon all year round, you know, like or just like whatever it is. Like it's just I'm always like, man, you guys don't even realize what it's like to eat rutabaga and beets for six months. Like it, now I've got a counter argument to this, but go ahead. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you finish your story here. But I, I, I think um, the joy of eating something and it making you feel a type of way was like over this summer, it was like my saving grace. It was, it was like during this, you know, once again, like just during the massive cycle of depression and just spiral spiraling constantly. Um, I think that the thing that grounded me the most was like the vegetables and the, it really kind of saved my entire sanity or like well being. I think. And, and just being so rewarded daily by, by the bounty and like, 
the vegetables themselves were so incredible. And like from, 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 from like, just like, you know, growing perfectly spicy, like jalapenos to different types mm-hmm. of tomatoes to, to eggplants. The eggplants were like so incredible. Me too. I'm a huge, oh my God. We can talk about eggplants for the rest of the podcast, honestly. They don't get enough shot. Oh. I don't know. I, I feel it's like such a versatile vegetable as well. And it, it just- just the best. It, it, it's incredible. Uh, like a, a good baba ganoush. A, a good baba- Oh my God. My baba ganoush. ganoush probably ten times. I know. I saw it. I saw it in the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. Buy the book. Oh, you know why I love your baba ganoush recipe? This is why I love your baba ganoush recipe. Is because you include the 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 liquor of the eggplant. Yes. And so many people say to throw that out, and I'm sitting in the fucking kitchen, and I'm like, that's gold. Drinking it. I'm like this is so good. It's such a unique flavor. It's like this mm. thing where it's almost like a. It's almost like an au jus. It's a it's an aubergine au jus. Aubergine au jus. It's almost like when you go to Arby's and you get that uh, you get that uh, what's that called the French dip? The French yeah, just the French. I think the just French dip, beef, baby. Beef, like buff the, diff, buff je, buff diff, buff je. I love Arby's. I I'm a huge you know Arby's gets Dude. shit on so hard, and I always and I always say this whenever we do speak about it. Whenever I do. Right. I say like we as like the royal we, but it's like whenever we talk about, because a lot of people are just like, who knows what it is? It's like, we know exactly what it is. It's an emulsified beef yeah. sausage. That's all it is. And, and and it's just like, do you like mortadella? Do you like bologna? Arby's <laughs> is just sliced beef, but it's just an emulsified, instead of it being pork, it's like this, who knows how much beef is in it, but yeah. it's just an emulsified sausage shaved thinly with like a nice the horsey sauce oh we gotta get you an arby's hat man have you ever been to mighty taco in buffalo are you a western are you a western new york kind of guy you ever get to buffalo Uh, i've only been there one time and of course i had the wings and they were great yeah otherwise no i haven't been to mighty taco what is it it's just like a shitty I say shitty and I shouldn't say shitty, but it is sh- like a shitty taco spot. Like it's like, yeah. it's like if you could get like old El Paso taco style tacos Ooh. and it's just like, it's so good. And it's only in like Buffalo and um, it's just, the but country, it's so funny. Right? Anytime anybody from California comes, like I'd be like, let's go to mighty taco. And they're like, cool. Talk like, okay. Tacos, you know, and you bring them and they're like, uh, those aren't tacos. And you're like, no, these are yeah. tacos. These are, these are tacos. And like, no, those aren't. And then I was just like growing up. I was just like, I remember the first time I went to like LA because I went to LA before Mexico, but it was just like, um, you know, having real tacos. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. What are these? What are these little treats? I I remember the exact moment the first time I ever had Al Pastor, oh. and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It was like I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. "This is how have I had this before?" Yeah, it was. I have a total like you know, locked in love, memory of do, that. Do you love uh, Sonora Town? Have you been to Sonora Town? No, I haven't. Oh my god, downtown. Is it- Sonora Town is that the name of the place or is that an area? Well, uh, Sonora is a as a place. Uh, right, com- I think it's in Mexico. Yeah, maybe south of Tijuana, but the yeah. the um it is um it's one of my favorite places in L.A. I go every. There's a few Sonora places Town. that I go every single time I go to L.A. and Sonora okay. Town. They they have beef beef chivichangas chivichangas not chimmy chivy right 
and and they're literally these like little grilled beef pepper burritos with like holy shit and they are one of the greatest things you'll ever have in your life truly that sounds like i'm always and anything that's that's mini yeah any like thing that's like comes in a little thing mm. uh it's anything that's like you know, grill like cr- crispy on the outside. Like if they it's grill, small, they grill it. I'm in. They grill the f- and it's a flour tortilla, and it, oh. it's it's nice. It's where else do you like to go when you're here besides Sonora Town? Well, um, I like I like uh, I don't know. There's so <laughs> many places. L.A. I think L.A. is like it's so amazing. Like. I love kids. Yeah, it's kind kid. of overwhelming here. It is. Like, it's so good. It's so, so, so. Like, I obviously, like, I eat at John and Vinny's a lot. It, and I always eat there for breakfast because they're open, like, you know, this is whatever, pre-pandemic. But it, it, it's like, I always have breakfast there. And I have okay. they have a grilled bacon BLT, like, fried egg sandwich. That's, like, wow. one of the best things ever. Um, I love going to Sonora Town. I love going to... Um, uh, you know, uh, sap, sap coffee for Thai. I love going. I've never had that sap coffee. Never heard of it. Sap is nice. Sap is nice. Two peas. Two peas. You you really have the, uh, the, uh, Thai stuff down. Cause you know that pretty well, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I know it as well as anything. I, I don't know, but the, the Thai just LA has such great, such great pockets and such great, great, yeah. great little food communities. And, and it's just really uh, like Canada still doesn't have the diversity. I feel it's like we have the diversity, but you guys have just had it for so much longer that I think these neighborhoods are really, really like, if you come to Toronto, it's like we have massive Caribbean culture. And, and, right. That's what I was going to say. Cause I yeah. never had a roti in my life until uh, I was visiting Toronto and my friend Chris Locke, great comedian, took me out to have roti. And I was like, this is, I've never had anything this good before. It's like, it's just the greatest taste. Yeah. And we don't have any of that. There's none of that in, in LA whatsoever, as far as I know. Well, you can go to Bad Mesh, Bad Mosh and um, Fairfax. Really? They're Canadian guys, um, but they, they, they have, they do, they're doing some butter chicken and they're doing okay. some real good stuff that you could go get some real roti from. Uh, but yeah. it is a thing that doesn't really exist. And a lot of people have actually mentioned that to me. Uh, that's not really like my void to fill, but it's, it, it's still just like, um, it is one of those things where it's just like, it, it, we have so much amazing Jamaican, so much Caribbean, so yeah. like uh, Trinidadian, you know, our doubles, like we are double. Have you ever had a double? I've never even heard of that. What is it? Dude, look up like a Trinidadian double. So it's like these like, okay. like chewy little beautiful pancakes almost like little dough pancakes Ooh. filled with like a chickpea curry and oh my god it's it, it, they're they're usually they're usually vegan um but you you go in they're like a dollar and you just go get like a bag wow. of doubles because it's a double like it's two patties kind of yeah. and, and it's just filled with a, a a beautiful you can get like spicy like a little mango chutney in it sometimes or uh just some like really good pepper sauce and it, it's um, that sounds good. I, I yeah, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. Anytime I'm feeling depressed, I go to the Jamaican restaurant. We have mm-hmm. one in Studio City, and I get like a couple beef patties. I get a couple. I get like a jerk, a Jamaican jerk chicken salad, mm-hmm. and I just like feel something about it. Like it, I feel like it, that's the most comforting of all the comfort foods. Man, good rice Even and peas. Southern food, rice yeah. and peas. You know, oxtail and gravy. 
um, just fried plantains and it's just like that creamy coleslaw and a cocoa bun. Yeah. It's uh, a cocoa bun is really what kills it. Cause that, that bread is so like, it's like cake what is almost. That bread? Almost yeah, like, it is like cake. It's so, it's, 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 so like creamy. It's, it's like, like a, a pop over. It, yeah, it's like, it, but it's also it's almost like um, like it's like a a cakey pita or something or like yeah, a, it's like a, or like a steamed bowl. Is it bowl. an egg though? Um, is it? A, no, is there's it definitely eggs? probably eggs in it for sure. Mm. I, but I don't. That be your next. I don't fucking. That should know. be your next cookbook called "These All Ingredients That Have Eggs in Them." Yeah, just eggs. <laughs> One thousand, one thousand eggs. Eggs. How do? Because that's what I was going to ask too. Is like the cookbook? It seems like it almost seems like it's impossible to write a cookbook because it just feel to me. It seems like I don't know. Like I how how do you when you approach something like um because because obviously everything that's ever been cooked has been cooked in the history of time, right? It's like there's nothing new. There's no new food. Not really. Like, not really. Lamb's right. lamb, you know, yeah. chicken's chicken. But at the same time, anytime you make something, it's always going to be just the slightest bit different than the time before because it mm. just because of the nature of the, the, the alchemy. Existence the of, alchemy. Yeah. So when you do that, when you make a cookbook, when you come come to, how do you how do you make a recipe? Like, how does that happen? It seems to me like it's impossible. You can decide. Like, if I was going to write a cookbook, I'd be like. Okay, what are my favorite recipes from other cookbooks? It's, and I would just like translate them a little bit. I just don't. It doesn't seem like it seems like it's impossible. But that's it. That's that is the thing about cookbooks. And when you're cooking, like, um, say you made a book on gumbo. Here, right? here here's even just a zine. Five recipes yeah. of gumbo. What are the five different things that you could switch out? So you could switch out. You maybe you add clams to one. Maybe right. you add different kinds of sausages. Maybe you add different kinds of poultry. Maybe you add different types of, you know, one you add, um, one's actually spicy. One's not spicy. One's more smoky. One, you know, so then you just go through kind of like when writing a recipe, wh- what are the ingredients? And then what are the variables within those ingredients? Like you could take like, you know, what's the sofrito? Like one, one, one is, you know, you know, like celery, green pepper, onion, jalapenos, maybe one, maybe you add carrot and then you start like uh, a war in the South by adding (laughs) carrot to your fucking gumbo. But it's like, maybe you add, instead of, instead of rice, you add just beans, but then that would switch the recipe. Right. So then it would be like, that's the thing, right. And especially right now with like people like appropriating or colonizing food items. And like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on too right now where people are becoming aware. And I'm even becoming aware of being like, Oh yeah, maybe I should think more about just making like a dish and, and just doing whatever I think is cool. And then being like, Oh, I made like this authentic or traditional uh, Chinese dish. And I just like wham bammed and like, maddied it and then i'm like i look like a fucking kook and it's just like i i but i i honestly do think that like when writing recipes it's like you need to understand what that recipe is and then what are the variables that you can switch or switch out or i always say like it's as cliche as this is too it's like your style's your style so it's just like the way that you make it the same way as anybody's mother makes it or the same way that anybody's grandmother makes it or grandfather it, it is like you are that secret ingredient. 
you may add brown sugar, you may add vinegar, you may add all these different little things, maybe start anise to your gumbo. And you're like, whoa, that's right. crazy. You're like, what is that little thing? And you're like, well, I actually add one star pod of star anise. And it, and it just gives it this weird roundedness. And you're like, what is that little thing? And you're like, well, my great grandmother used to put star anise in hers for some reason, because she one day didn't have coriander. And you're just like, it is one of those things that you just kind of go down the rabbit hole of all these kind of ingredients and, and recipes. And then, but like the same thing as, as like writing recipes for me is relatively easy. I understand mm -hmm. how to cook. If I have to sear something, braise something, what happens when it's seared or braised? What kind of vegetables will lend itself better to those types of meats in that process? And it's just like, all that kind of stuff is just, I understand the fundamentals of cooking period. So it's just like, once you understand truly something, then you can start being able to add something, take something away, move something around. And you're just kind of like, you know, minority reporting a bunch of fucking, <laughs> you know, a bunch of like little yeah. things. And it's, and it's, 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 um, and as I get older, I I'm trying to like do less and get back to just trying to like figure out how to make a perfect cornbread, you know, and just like okay. make that consistent and not try to fuck with shit and just be like, full circle just try to make something really well you know yeah it sounds a lot like the whole a classic idea of you learn the rules so you can break the rules kind of thing yeah if you if you're just breaking the rules you're you're an asshole right right yeah you know like if you see some person like it's the same like even with comedy it's like it, it is that ten thousand hours thing it's just like i still feel like i'm finally i finally kind of understand it like i understand mm -hmm cooking i understand uh kind of the game in which it's played and i'm like but i'm still learning like every day i'm, I'm being humbled every day I'm, I'm learning all these different things and it's same as like jokes it's just like why can uh you know david tell go on stage and just make people laugh and he looks like he got off of a 37 hour plane ride and yeah. and and he, he's so lackluster but that's his his whole thing is like he can go in and just rock right. the whole room because he's just he 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 knows what to do, and it and it's it's effortless, and it's a part of his DNA. And I think that just takes right. that takes like you know thirty years, or maybe he's like seventy. How old is David Tell? He's I don't know. Old. I think David Tell is uh, possibly a vampire. <laughs> uh, I think he's a vampire. Once, of but he was he was he was fucking funny, and he looked he looked so. Oh, he's the best. Like, I think instead of sucking blood, he smokes cigarettes, and that's his, <laughs> that's where he gets his power from. Is cigarettes and like light beer, possibly? Who knows? Just really light, just yeah. enough beer to make you stink. You know, you can't bust him. He's like one of those old New Yorkers <laughs> where he just he doesn't die. He just becomes a part of the sidewalk. He'll yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> fuse <laughs> with a he'll fuse with a deli. He'll just become like a sandwich or something like that. Who the fuck knows? It's amazing. This is all like so disgraceful to David Tell right now. No, he's great. He loves it. Did you watch yeah, the sure. Did you watch the Comedy Store documentary? I I watched some of it. Sometimes that stuff. It's like right now to watch comedy stuff. It it's just bumps just you too out. Much. Yeah, like I can't watch this. It's just watching. I don't know. It's like if I was if I was an Olympic swimmer and I was in the hospital with a broken leg for yeah. nine months. I'd be like I'm not gonna watch swimming. I'm gonna watch Seinfeld. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like true. Anything but. Yeah, I'm not watching that, any but. like food document, like travel, like beautiful, beautiful oh. shot, like travel documentaries on food and stuff. I'm like, uh. -uh. I don't want to yeah, watch the that. travel stuff is that's the hardest thing for me. I feel like I get so much. Um, for me, the ultimate place to write or to think about stuff is when I'm traveling because you get so much like new input that mm. it just like makes your brain. Uh, it just chops it up so much. 
it's really hard to think in these certain these settings, you know, because you just don't get that that input. Yeah, that's I feel like that's probably what I mean. That's a big part of cooking, right? Is tasting th- tasting things. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Your palate is like your north star, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that you have to really kind of develop and understand the flavors of, you know, s- salt, fat, and acid, and like understand like where things lie and how you can fix things. And, you know, it's your, your tongue's the mechanic, you know? Do you think there are people out there who are, uh, who are chefs or cooks who like, um, okay, there's this old story where maybe like five years ago, Scotland Yard discovered this thing. I don't know who discovered it, but basically they found out that certain people are face blind. They just don't recognize people's faces (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like a, it's like maybe ten percent of the population. It's it's a pretty big percentage of population, right? There's also people who are the opposite, who have like this incredible ability to recognize faces, like in a way that's like point one percent of the population. And so they found out what happened is a lot of these people who are working at the border checkpoints were face blind, and so they can look at an ID and they just they don't fuck. It could be like a fucking block of wood. They're like, yeah, it looks like you, yeah. just because they don't. Their brain doesn't work in that way. They have like a like a I guess you'd call it like a handicap, right? Yeah, but and so they start to. Yeah. But I feel like isn't that possible that there's chefs out there who are that way with taste, where it's like, you know, like some people just don't taste stuff. They just don't, just not there. I think there's a lot of chefs that are. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um... That's the whole thing. I think there's a lot of chefs that, you know, like to act like they're chefs and not, right. you know, come come with the come with the ruckus, you know, and I think it's um you know, that that's the thing. Anyone can be a chef, especially now with multi with media and all this stuff uh-huh. and a lot of people and a lot of people are I always find it funny where people are like, "Wait, are you like are you actually a chef?" and I'm like, "Well, not really. I don't like I'm like I used to be a chef. That's for sure. Um, I used to run a restaurant. I used to teach cooks how to cook. I used to teach them how to maintain a station. I used to, you know, run restaurants. Now I'm like, now I'm more of like a restaurateur kind of mm-hmm. all encompassing um, thing where I'm like, I'm not really a chef. I don't really care about being called a chef. Um, it, it's just one of those things. But I think there's a lot of people that really want to be called a chef. And, and, and they want, a lot of people want that title. A lot of people are like, you know, the person who keeps telling you they're a chef is probably not the chef. The same person that's telling you that they're the best comedian ever or the best, you know, it's like the people that are constantly being like, and I'm, I'm a massive self promoter, but that's still very different where I'm, I'm promoting like this umbrella that I've kind of built. Mm -hmm. And it's just like. I, I, I still like, I'm like, I don't care if you call me a chef. I don't care if you thought I was a chef. I don't care if you didn't know I was a chef. It doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is that like, you're kind of fucking with what I'm doing, period. And that's all that I'm yeah. trying to like, kind of, you know, try to get to is a thing where it's just like, okay, I have restaurants, uh, you know, um, and, and, and I write books and I, and I do whatever, I just do whatever the hell I want. But I think there's like, definitely, there's so many different sh- people that really want that, you know, and maybe because I was just like, I became a chef when I was like, uh, 26 is when I opened my first restaurant. So it was just like, I can I ask you that real quick. What what is, what makes someone a chef then? I didn't really, I think a chef, well, I think there's a lot of, 
I truly, I think a chef is somebody that runs a kitchen. Okay. Um, teaches like technically that's a yeah like i think well because i think a lot i i i don't think a lot of it's not like a phd and you know like but it is one of those things that it is like you're just like it's easy to just be like you're a chef you're a comedian you're you're an actor you're a guitar player you're you're a doctor and i'm like it's not a p it is a phd but it's not a phd and it's just like um but I think at the basic, I look at it on like a utilitarian kind of standpoint of like, if I was in a kitchen, running a kitchen, teaching other cooks how to run this kitchen, working together on serving food, making food, pushing food out of a kitchen, then I would be in a chef's position. And and I think that like when I leave that room and I go and do the other thing where I'm on stage and I'm doing a spoken word thing... I'm Maddie. And when I write a, when I write a book, I'm, I'm an author. And it's just, right. like, I think it's like, I like to look at things more like that kind of way, like individual. Cause it's just like, I'm a chef. Sure. I'm a chef when I walk into a kitchen and I, and I, I don't really do that anymore. I have executive chefs that I work with now, like my chefs that I work with. And I'm like, I work, I try to work with like one chef and and work with them to get to a place where I'm really happy with the food that we're doing. Then they go and they're the chef that like orchestrates and organizes and executes. So the chef is basically like the cooks are like the uh, the infantrymen and the chef is like the general. Yeah, but also now, well, that there's a brigade. There's this Eurocentric brigade style, right, of the right. Hi- the hierarchy of the chef, yeah, um, which everyone's trying to dismantle because it's very, you know, it's like the patriarch. It's the ultimate. Yeah, totally. It's the ultra. It's the ultimate patriarch, and it's also the ultimate. Like, like, um, you can't say no to chef, right? So it's one yeah. of those things where it's just like it, it, it's it's not a good it's not good practice that there's a person in position that you can't say no to, and, right. yeah, and period in any position. So it's just like that whole kind of mentality and that whole kind of brigade style mentality. It works in a sense because everyone does have to do their job. If somebody doesn't isn't doing their job, the end product will it will see that. But there's a nice I think there's a nice way of doing that. So it's like the military. <laughs> Um, kind of thing is 100%. It's where it's taken from. It, it, it's, yeah. where, it, it's literally, it's, it's military style. Um, you know, sous, you don't like your hierarchy, like your sous, you can't say anything to your sous chefs. If you're a, a chef de partie, if you're a commie chef, you can't say anything to that. If, if you know, and it's, so it's just like all these like layers and, yeah. then, and then there's the chef at top talking to his commit, like his, his sous chefs, his sous chefs talk to the chef de parties. There, they talk to the commies, and then so forth down. What is a what's the commie? I've never heard this. Yeah, commie, uh, C O M M I S. So it's just, um, oh, yeah. If you just Google the hierarchy of of, of kitchen, you'll be able to see like old diagrams from like a Scoffier wow. and all this kind of shit. So it's just that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's all trying to be dismantled now and like understood yeah. or, or just kind of re-represented and re-understood and like how 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 can we how as an industry can we move forward? Because um, <clears throat> a lot of people are seeing that the the absolute decimation of our entire industry right now, same as comedy, same as enter- entertainment. Oh yeah, you know, entertainment decimated. It doesn't exist. Yeah, music doesn't exist. You can still do it, but the real you can't go see a lot like. 
I, I I've had yeah. multiple dreams of going to like hardcore shows and like, it's, it, it, I used to never have dreams of going to hardcore shows, but now it's right. been like, I don't have the opportunity to ever, who knows, ever go to another hardcore show, stage dive, not that I stage dive, but it, you know, like be, be in something that's real and raw and have that kind yeah. of, have that impact. And you know, right now, I think the industry is really taking a step back and being able to be like, hey, let's just like completely obliterate this like patriarch hierarchy kind of systemic bullshit that there's this one usual white man at the top that says mm -hmm. uh, and no one can say fucking no to. So, yeah. Um, yeah so it, 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 I don't know what I'm, I'm saying now. I'm I understand. No, it, I mean, it kind of feels like you've already done that to some extent because you approach a lot of it seems from my perspective, it seems like a lot of really successful chefs or people who who not so much chef, but someone who is a, a successful food person are they come at it from this really kind of like a humble place. Like you approach, it seems like you approach it from that way where you're just like when it comes down to it, if you're if you're cooking, you're cooking. I don't care I care about like oh the executive chef title. That's all just a bunch of bunch of hooey right because when it comes down to it it's like if you're if you you can cook you can cook and if you can't you can't and if you yeah. can fucking do it it's like all that stuff all that stuff is kind of built on this old like i remember reading that george orwell book down and out in paris and london where he talks about the more you pay for your food the more hands that have touched it and how it's like i always think about that and that's why sometimes i like like some cheap food so much because i know like oh i can see it being made right there there's not like a fucking thousand people touching it and shit and all this, all that, the hierarchy crap you're talking about. It feels so yeah. much better. That seems to be like why the, the success of like food trucks and stuff, because people just love that. Or just stripped down. Or like all those, I love, I follow so many of those um, just like weird individual like food vloggers that are like yeah. in Thailand. And it's just like, I, I'm obsessed with these. Um, you know, just accounts that they're just in the streets constantly at all food vendors and, and they're just eating the most delicious, absolutely delicious looking food. Thailand. I still have never been to Thailand. So it's like one of those things that like, I want to go there so bad. The food looks so incredible. Yeah. It seems just like a, like a paradise really. Is, is that where uh, your friend Rang is from? Chef Rang? Now Rang, he, he's Vietnamese. So he, he, he okay. he's, he's from, uh, he's from Vietnam. Got it. So there's some sort of a crossover in taste, but not, it's still pretty di very different, right? Yeah, it's very, it is very different. You know, like I think it, it, it's um, Vietnamese food. I I, I couldn't say to, to speak to, to how how different, but it, it is it is. I find you know once again, like Vietnam was colonized by the French for you know right. a hundred years. So like pho comes from pot pho, and and which is really? just. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of like because oh. they called it pot pho, and then in Vietnam they would call it like pho, where it's like f u e French, but it sounds the same as f uh, p h o, right? I believe. Well, what is pot pho? Is that pot of fire? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the pot pho is 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 a French style, you know, bone marrow brisket. Um, right. See, same with the, in the Italy, it's like the bolito bolito misto. I think is, okay. is is that version as well. Just like boiled meats served with like the boiled meats and then the broth separate usually. Right. Um, and, and, you know, once again, it's just like, I think Vietnam is one of those places. 
uh, I've been lucky enough to go to with Rang and like kind of see the top and tail. I've been from Hanoi all the way through down to Kanawha right. because Rang is from this deep south. He's he's okay. He, he's from like Kanawha, which is south of Fan Rang, which is very south of like um, Ho Chi Minh City. So, so is that like a much different style? Yeah, well, it, it's like Rang stuff is all seafood. Like where he's from, he's like right on the ocean. It's very tropical. Uh, okay. You know, it's, it's just like a tropical world. And he, it's just like yeah. a lot of fish, a lot of fish, way more like fish soups, uh, way less like of the Northern style of like, you know, the beef and the tendon. And uh, yeah, I'm all about that North baby. I like those curries. Yeah. The curries are good. The, the yeah, a lot of it's good. The, the iced coffees. <laughs> it's fucking good. <laughs> We're just talking about uh, talking about talking about something good. Curries, curries are good. Curry, <laughs> curry. Yeah, I can get in trouble with the curry because I can. I'll eat that stuff until I feel sick. It's like I know it's going to make me feel bad, but it's kind of like I'm willing to pay the price. You, you should pay the price. You know, mm-hmm. it's that good. You should. Like, I love a spicy. Like, even um, you know, going like gelada like go to gelata for some Thai and it's yeah. just like, you know, I'm like, man, I, I, and I love it spicy. Like I'm down to like, you know, sweat it out. Yeah. I want to get a hot, I want to drink like six of those like sweet, uh, Thai iced, iced coffees. And it's just like, Oh my God, those are like, those may, I've had those before when I thought I was going to have like a meltdown. <laughs> I've had like a couple of them. And just being like, am I, there's one time when I first moved to Los Angeles, there was this really great coffee shop nearby called Lithium on Hollywood Boulevard. Every Friday I would get a Vietnamese latte this guy made. He would put four shots of espresso. It was like this big ass fucking iced Vietnamese latte. I drink that and I swear to fucking God, I was playing. I thought I was stoned. I felt actually high. I felt high as shit from drinking that in like 20 minutes. I was playing GTA I was just fucking ripped. I mean, oh ripped, God. dude. I drink, you know, when my drink, my coffee is daily. Usually, when I go to into a coffee shop, I get a quad shot latte in a small cup. Oh, and I'll drink like three of those. Get really pepped up, you know. Yeah, I bet you do. I drank that one time in college, and the lady who's working there was like, "Are you sure?" She's like, "You're little. I'm like, you're yeah. kind of skinny like, for you that. Sure you're this? skinny. Yeah. You ready to rock?" <laughs> tiny little man going in there ordering a four shot latte from this lady. And she even had a friend who was working like, do you want to see this right now? <laughs> Look at this guy. This guy ordered four, four, yeah, four, four shots. shots, four shots. We call him four shot Johnny. Four. Yeah. I wish I was, that was the last time I ever did that though. So that was, that was not a good outcome actually really, you know, you just shit your pants. It's like somebody took a whisk into like a pot with like egg yolks and just like whisk it up. For me, it's more like I, it's the mental aspect of it where I feel like I'm shaking and then it's like uh, extreme paranoia, just all these sort of fallouts that can only, I feel like the only way you can recover from that is to have a beer or a glass of wine. That's the only thing in my, for me personally. Just a stress nap, just a stress nap, like in the back of your car, just get in the back seat of your car, just lay there, just sad. Yeah, just lay there. Well, I would I would be be so paranoid that someone's gonna like tap on the window or something like that, get disturbed by it. Yeah, don't disturb me. Yeah. Put up tinfoil. I wanna Yeah. Oh tinfoil up the windows. Yeah, just tinfoil up the windows when you have your quad shot. Have my quad shot going to my fucking echo chamber in the car, throw on some Wu Tang really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> just really just just really quiet. <laughs> 
feel a quiet ghost thing. Just forever. Just forever. Put on Wu-Tang forever, too. Did you ever listen to J.J. Kale? Ah, uh, not enough to like really speak on it. My, I know my dad's okay. a big fan. Um, okay. Yeah, it's kind of dad music. Yeah, my dad, I, he's, a, he, he's good. Like, I, what's a song? Well, After Midnight's the hit, and After so Midnight. is Cocaine. Yes, yes, Cocaine. yes, 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 yes. I mean, he wrote those for Clapton. Clapton recorded them, but they're J.J. Kale songs. Yeah, J.J. Kale's the man behind Clapton. He is, yeah. I also, I just always think is J.J. Kale, to me, it's the ultimate cooking music because it's like, it's so like, uh, well, I don't know. It's relaxing and exciting at the same time, mm. but it's not too engaging. Yeah. But you're so, do you still listen to a lot of really hardcore stuff? No. Dude, right now, <laughs> I'm... <clears throat> To be honest, I uh, have been in just an ambient, just ambient oh. wave of. Um, I've been really jamming this uh, Raymond Raymond Richards, Raymond, Raymond Richards, okay, Raymond know, Richards, Hiromi Hasano, um, mm-hmm. like Laraji, like just okay. chiming it. Laraji. Just chime, chiming it up, and then it's funny. The, Ma- Mary Lattimore, Mary Lattimore is something. I, she's like a, a ambient, like like a harpist. Wow, yeah, really good. Um, I've been listening to Suzanne Craft. Um, some sl- all very chill stuff, huh? Oh my goodness, like slow attack assemble. Very good, very good ambient stuff. The Derudi column. Is this why you're cooking? You listen to this to why you're cooking as well? Everywhere, everything. Like, it's just like, con- like, I get really consumed. Like, it's just like, even like, and then, and then, re- like, it will be like, I'll be listening to that. And then I'll just be like, I need to listen to like integrity or like, I need to put on like Chrome eggs or like, I'll break okay. out of it. Like, I'll like shake out of it and be like, okay, I need to put something else like hard on or like, I've been listening to Chavez like nonstop mm-hmm. too. Chavez. I haven't heard that name in a long time. You know, Matt Sweeney. Doesn't know how to write yeah. a bad song, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. But then it's like, it, it's like the ambient, like I'm such a, like a zero or a hundred kind of person, right? Like it's okay. like, I want to listen to, you know, very heavy, um, you know, death metal. Cannibal Corpse. May, uh, yeah, Corpse can get it sometimes. I was always oh, more, wow. I was always yeah. more of like a D side. The corpse. I, I, well, I was always more of like a D. I don't know. Cannibal Corpse is tight, but it's like I was definitely more of like I'm more into like Bolt Thrower. Bolt Thrower. Oh my god, Bolt Thrower! I just actually recently discovered Bolt Thrower, Ooh. and I kind of can't believe like what the fuck? It's like it just sounds like orcs coming out of a hole in the Dude, ground. You War know? Master. War Master is such an incredible album. It's some of that stuff. It's just it's so driving. It feels like how can you do anything, but, but run a, a mule team through the snow. When you listen to that, it just feels yeah. like you want to shovel your driveway. Thing. You want to shovel your driveway and then let the snow come back on and then shovel it again. Or like fight a thousand elves and then kiss them. What kind of thing? It just feels like a, you punch them and you then you have to kiss them and you have to do it a thousand times. Yeah, like those MMA guys you see after the fight where they're all hugging respect, each other. Respect. They're, like, they're so I much love respect. you. There's so much respect. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, man, you're really tough. I love you so much. 
my favorite thing is there's this fight between Robbie Lawler and Gustafson like about 10 years ago where Lawler like basically got his jaw removed mm. and Gustafson looks like a, you know, a piece of like beef. Yeah. And they're in the hospital like hugging each other, both smiling. And they can barely even smile because they're just like, they're, they broke we each love bones. each other. Yeah. Yeah. We both we fucking almost killed each other. And it was like, there's something about that that's so, uh, it's so visceral. I just love the idea that you love this person you just fought with. It's such an interesting dynamic, you know? It's a, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic. And I get it sometimes. Like, I remember, like, in high school, we used to scrap a fair bit back home. And we were, like, if you fought some people in the bar, more than likely you'd end up being drunk at the end of the night back again together. Somehow, you know, like, wow. there could be a fight, like, midnight. Yeah. And then by the end of, like, last call, you're like, okay, let's party. Yeah. You know, and you could definitely have that vibe where I don't know, fighting can either make you more angry or for some reason there's something about it that can just make you be like there it, it is like an alpha male mutual respect, being like, Hey, yeah. I gave it my all, you gave it your all, and we're both still here, and it's just like, let's hug it out. Like that that it's like alpha it's just like two gorillas like smacking around each other and being like oh, by the right. end of it, they're like Let's smell each other's butts some more, you know? Let's get back in there. Let's eat some ants. Let's eat some ants off each other's buttholes. You know? Oh, eat some ants. Get some eat some tripping balls ants or mm. something like that. Yeah, I guess it depends on the attitude, because there's also like the whole Buddhist idea where what anger is a is a hot it's like holding onto a hot coal. I yeah. always think about that when I get pissed off about something. I'm like, why am I holding a hot coal right now? Yeah, resentments, anger, all that stuff. Get rid of it, you know? Do you feel like when you cook, does that ever help you with stuff like at all? Like when you are, I mean, it has to do something, right? Because it's an activity. It's a thing you're like consumed by. I think, I think it is one of those things that makes me feel very, it's very grounding, right? It it centers you. You're doing the thing that I'm like, I've, it's the one thing that I know how to do well. I've always say like, it's like, I really know, like if I'm just cooking like myself at home, like that's, I'm in the pocket kind of thing, you know, right. and I can like, I, I'm having yeah. a bad day, you know, I got three kids now. It's like, it's hectic. Me and Trish are fighting. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to make dinner. And then by the end of dinner, I've made something really, I'm stoked on. And then I feed it to everybody and ripple, ripple that love, you know, yeah. that's just like, um, it's like putting out your own fire, just like something's annoying. And it, because it's so, so funny, cause I'm like, I'm not one of those people that like, it's so funny. Before the pandemic, I was really into painting. I got really into like painting, and you did, yeah. And I started painting kind of paint? um, like watercolor. No, I was doing like acrylic, and then I was okay. painting. I got really into painting these like really large uh, cargo ships, and like kind of like landscape. Oh, I see this. I'll, 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 I'm into car- I'm into cargo ships, dude. I love a cargo no ship. Lie. What's inside the boxes, eh? You know, oh, do you mean uh, the containers? Yeah, the containers. A, maybe a Maersk line ship that I follow on Instagram. I only, I only paint Maersk line ships. What the fuck? Are you serious? I swear, dude, I'm a huge Oak Maersk fan. I've contacted them trying to get Maersk merch. Really? They won't sell it to me. I have to make my oh, own, dude. my own Maersk merch. Hold on one second. Let me show you. Can I? You can see it. I'll this show is you. Eerie man. This is eerie. That's why we like each other. We're we're Maersk boys. We're Maersk boys, dude. The <laughs> first painting, dude. Look at this. I wonder if you can. Oh yeah, it's the Maersk blue, man. Yeah. Wow. So that's like that's a, so cool. That's like four feet, four feet by like three feet. That's huge. And then there's another one. 
Wow, that's really great. So I paint these like I just Google image, literally Google image yeah. the boats and then find the ones that I love. Like I have like a whole page of like all the ones that I'm going to paint and like go through. Oh my God. And so I've been painting wow. all of these. And then, but during, during the pandemic, I, I've been like so focused on like, you know, building my, a career for myself and trying to make revenue. But it, it, it's like, I, I haven't painted the whole time because I've felt so kind of depressed. And I was like, the painting doesn't help. I'm too depressed to paint. Like I, I've tried to paint and I'm just, wow. I'll start painting. And it almost bums me out. Cause I'm, I'm like trying to do something that I want to do, but I'm just like, I'm kind of too sad. And, and then I'm just like, I don't know. I'm kind of trapped in this like weird thing, but I, I I'm going to try to, I'm going to take like a week off at Christmas. And I'm going to try to paint some, a new boat, you know, a new a ship week off of what of work. Okay. Well, well, what is work for you right now? Technically? I mean, obviously you're promoting the book. The book is Maddie Matheson, a homestyle cook, cooking, cooking, king. cooking, king. cooking, 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 that's the book. But yeah, when you say like work, what does that mean? What does that entail for you? Like what's um, like the office? The office is the office, a, a long table, a, a long, long table. table. <laughs> and, um, we're in here we're, we got, you know, we're, we got two, re we got the Maddie's Patty's restaurant. We got the meat and three meat and three restaurant. Yes. Okay. That is, I um, totally forgot about that. That's like such a big thing. That's like a, yeah, I opened oh, two restaurants. Yeah, I opened two restaurants and then like we got our merch company. We got um the Matheson my cast iron like the Matheson cookware. Um, oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that either. God. There's well, a lot of eh, it's okay. There's a lot of little stupid things. Okay. But we work on all the um, little stupid things. It's like I think in my business, there's like 12 divisions of things that I'm constantly uh -huh. kind of doing. And then we're just like doing maintenance and working on things and opportunities. It's a lot. And, yeah, it's just like we're trying to, you know, entrepreneur. But the thing about the pandemic was like, I really realized that I was a paycheck to paycheck person, actually. I would travel the yeah. world, I would show up, I would do stuff. And I was like, this like paycheck to paycheck. I was waiting for them, people to call me. And then I really, right. really realized that I had to kind of change that business model. And I had to really create actual businesses. And, and that's what I kind of focused on this year. And then that's why I opened up the meet and three Maddie's patties, started the merch company, the, the pans. And so I had the time because I wasn't traveling. So yeah. I really focus and build like a real foundational kind of thing where I'm like, I have like legit businesses now and now I can kind of build these up and like see what goes, what doesn't go and, and, yeah. and just make, you know, a whole little world for myself and my family and my friends and try to yeah, you've actually like You've made a great thing of it. And it's actually, I mean, it's a great thing. It's obviously always, it's, the pandemic is terrible and everything, but it it caused you to shift shift perspective and you'd be able to do something you wouldn't, wouldn't have done before, right? I just never would have had time. Like I was just like, because yeah. I, I was in the whirlwind of, of uh, even with, like when I started doing the spoken word tour stuff, that became something that was like, I never thought in a million years that that was a thing um, ever. Like I never thought, um, you know, I could travel the world and talk for an hour, hour and a half on stage and people yeah. would show up. And it was just like, that was a crazy thing. And it was, it, it was like, we did over 50 shows last year. And I'm like, yeah. I never did. I never thought 
Um, and that whole show that I was doing was like, it's completely unscripted, no practice, no notes. Like, it's just like me going up and like talking for an hour and a half about my life and things. And it's, um, you know, it was something that I was going to do this year. I had like a whole other tour, like a three month tour booked, like fully booked. Um, and that was like North America, Germany, Australia, uh, Japan, um, you know, uh, all throughout Den- like Denmark and Norway. Like it was a crazy, it was a three month tour booked. Nuts, yeah. And it was just like, that was gone. So then it was, and, and I lost, like, it was like, I lost a full year of, and then there was a book tour. Then there was all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And I was just like, cause I was just like, man, I can like, it was so fun. Cause I, I always do different things. I'm like, I was a chef for like, you know, 10, 15 years. Then I was like making content and you know, I made like some TV shows, I made some internet shows. And then I was like, and then all of a sudden there was this whole thing where I was like, the spoken word thing was something that I loved. I was like, I loved, I was like, I'm performing in front of live people. It was a thing that I never thought, um, you know, it was, it's kind of like, I talked to some comedians and they're like, so you never practice anything. And you went on stage in front of people and you did an hour and a half. And I was Fuck just, you. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, well, yeah, I just like talked about myself, but I was just like, but I already have like everyone showing up is like, I already have like eight years of content that they love that I can yeah, like reference and talk it. about. And like, and so it's like, I've been doing this thing. Now I'm just doing a live thing where it's like, I've been making content, but it's just like never live. So it was just like one of those things that I found really funny because nobody even knew what it was. People, most of the time, people thought I was going to be doing like cooking demos or like they really didn't even know what it was. I was just like, I'm kind of yeah. telling the story of my life through these stories and anecdotes and really kind of funny, wild stories. And I tell this like whole fucking thing. And, you know, it's just funny, like where one opportunity goes away. And I'm just one of those per- people that is constantly being like, okay, well, if I just lost all these different things, how can I fill those and get to a point where, uh, you know, I'm keeping our heads above water and, and, and everyone is cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone struggled with that. And some people really use it as an opportunity. And some people are like, still like, what the fuck, you know? Uh, well, it's, 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 it's such a, it's, such a thing. And it is. And it's just like, you finally, and it, I, it's so sad to see that like, even watching like comedians, like my buddy heavy, he's doing those, he was doing those things on top of like grand central station uh, or what is right. that? The place downtown, what, the food place, uh, uh, grand central market, grand central market. And like, you know, yeah. like all of a sudden they were doing like rooftop shows and like, there were so many mm-hmm. amazing people doing rooftop shows and then those got taken away. And that it's just like yeah. the thing that's like, you finally find like a thing and you're like, okay, we're going to abide all the rules and we're going to do all the things and we're going to be safe and we're going to test everybody. Like it, there's a person, he didn't he, they come out with a new special and it's just them on the rooftop or something. I saw yeah, someone, I can't, I can't think of the name of the guy, but uh, it was yeah, just, he did that. And but it's like everyone's trying literally like everyone's trying these virtual you know like virtual experiences and those didn't really work out and it's just like no (laughs) everyone everyone was just doing like live everyone was just instagramming live like nonstop. (laughs) yeah man that was the early days that shit was fucking oof i even thinking about that time now. I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad we're past that. I'm glad we're like fucking, you know, the, the, the dust has settled a bit, so to speak. And I feel Everyone, like people are now like, there's rats oh, on I'm a not going to do that anymore. Yeah, fucking rats on a ship eating other rats. Yeah. Ugh, I, I put on stuff like, I'm not, I guess I'm not a rat anymore. Maybe I'm like a cat. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like a little kitty cat looking for some scraps. 
I got to ask you before we uh, close up the uh, the burgers that you make the the ones that are covered in cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about what those are real quick because I see those pictures. I have to stop. I can't look at them anymore because it's like this thing where it's just like it's like oh, am I just going to look at porn every every week? It's just. It's such porn, such food porn. I can't stand it because I can't have that. Because I see that color, I'm like, that's mustard. It's cheese. I can tell there's pickles in there. Can you just talk about what that thing is? Yeah. <laughs> what that fucking piece of shit, goddamn stinking what ass goddamn, burger? Yeah, it's that stupid loser fucking burger. It's just that thing I, I can't fucking have. You can't have it. You can't. You'll have it one I day. Can't have it. You'll have it one so day. I just talk about tell me what that fucking stink stinking ass thing is, all right? It's Maddie's patty. So um yeah, we just made it's a double cheeseburger. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's a, a funny thing, it's just like a double cheeseburger with melted cheese. The cheese is melted though. That's the thing. Like it's I, not just normal cheese. I can tell. It's what is it? Literally, dude, it's American sliced cheese. It's just every it's so yellow. It's so like looks so good. I know, but it's like Are it, there pickles in there? Is it chopped the, onions? What's underneath there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Maddie, but if you watch my I make that burger on just a dash. That was the season finale. Okay. So literally, if you want to make that burger and that sauce, just watch that okay. video, actually. Like and, 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 and it's I, I there's no secrets. I don't give a shit. Like it's not like it's yeah. like I'm making, you know, I call it mustard sauce. So it's like Yes. It, that's it. That's the mustard sauce. Uh, because I'm a mustard. I'm a mustard. Because a lot mustard of people guy. mustard. Mustard. I'm a, I'm a mustard guy. Yeah. <laughs> either you're mustard, either you're ketchup or mustard. You know, there's a lot of, there's two types ketchup. of people. Two types of people ketchup out people. there. Get out of here. Go Beat someplace it. else. Get Beat out of it. here. Beat it. Beat it. Um so the the thing is, is like everyone's always making like, you know, like the Big Mac sauce. And I was like, yeah, fuck what? That. I was like, the Big Mac sauce is like, get out of here. Why don't you make, you know, the what if the mustard was more prevalent, you know? And so I just, I do 50% mustard and then 25% mayo, 25% ketchup. And I just stir that together. And then it's just onions and pickles, dude. It's, oh, Christ. <laughs> but it's, but it looks, it's, it's just crazy. Cause it, and I didn't even plan that. I did that like literally on the fly. We did a pop-up in Hawaii and I was like in the middle of like a jungle. And I was like, I'm just going to make like a Maddie's patty sauce and I'm going to call it this. And it's going to be. You know, uh, I'm going to just add more mustard. I didn't really like make a whole thing of it, but it, it's like, but it, it works. just works. And, and, and visually, it's just like, it's just, it looks like more cheese or more stuff. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just so hectic, you know? I mean, I knew it was mustard. I just could tell. I know what mustard looks like. Yeah. You're like, like, it's not mustard. cheese. It's something else. No. Mustard cheese. So we make sure, we make sure that every slice of cheese is melted because a lot of places, the cheese, well, like, you know, most, most places they do it so fast that they don't even wait for the yeah. cheese to melt. But we always make sure that at Maddie's Patties, our cheese is always melted. At Maddie's Patties, our cheese is always <laughs> melted. Yeah. Welcome to Maddie's Patties. May we melt your cheese? At Maddie's Patties, our cheese is always melted. Yeah, man. Okay. So um, the cookbook is Maddie Matheson, Homestyle Cookery. You can get it uh, where where fine books are sold. It's a mustard colored jacket. It's beautiful. John Deere. Illustrations. John Deere. John Deere. That's that's the John Deere yellow and the green. Look on the inside. I didn't know that. Look at that. That's the John Deere. That's that's the Pantone. Get out Pan- of here, Panettone. I'm a big John Deere fan. That's ride ride the deer, baby. I mean, that's just, that's if you grew up in an agricultural place like I did in Minnesota, 
you were used. I've seen so many goddamn John Deere hats. Look like they like have been someone had been sitting on them for like forty five years, and mm-hmm. they dusted them off to go plow a driveway. You know, that's it. That's it. Get that book. I I got it right here, listeners. You got to get this. This book really is. I mean, it's not beautiful. To, like, blow, it's beautiful. Blow smoke up your ass. Even even the fact it's it is obviously beautiful, but these recipes these are all such like usable, doable recipes. And there's such a great diversity of them here. Mm. And the instructions are so explicit. You just got to have it. It's a great book. It's a great Great book. It's a New York Times bestselling book. You know, a second one. I got two of them. You know, it's okay. It's all because of the fans. It's all because of the fans. It is because of the fans. It is. It's amazing how great, um, how great some people, just how great people can be, you know? How well, like uh and that's the thing. Wonderful. A lot of people say either you know, all sizzle, no steak. I'm all sizzle, all steak. You know, like it, it really is a uh like I'm 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 the real deal, I'm the best, I'm number one. And it's I and I'm I always say I'm the I'm the most humble narcissist, you know? So it's just uh That's a pretty uh that's yeah. a very narcissistic thing to say. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. And Anytime. Uh, you know, Keep doing all the stuff. Keep doing it. I'm gonna the whole Maersk thing. I just can't even believe it. It's too good to be true. I'll I'll text you um, some photos of the paintings. I'm painting a few. I'm painting, I'm painting three new ones right now. I'm doing like a. I'm gonna auction. We're gonna auction them and try to raise some money in uh, the nice. new year. So I'm painting three cool. new paintings to auction with a buddy. He he hand hand carved these like beautiful little. Um, what are they? Stools? Did he do stools or bowls? bowls he hand carved these bowls these beautiful bowls wow. so we're going to do a painting and a bowl and try to raise a lot of money for some charity nice yeah and here i'm about to make a heaven's gate sweatshirt i need one of those <laughs> i'll trade you i'll, I'll make I'll, you one i'll make you one for real I'll, I'll paint you a little boat yes okay ship ship not a boat